Hey, I'm Megan. And I'm Sharon, and welcome to The Breakup Dress. Each week, we will be delving into the fashion world, tackling the issues around fast fashion, education about sustainable fashion, and we want you to get involved as we share memories from our wardrobes. But first, who are we? Right, okay, Sharon, you can take this one first. So my name is Sharon Sweeney. I'm from the lovely county of Leitrim, but living in Dublin right now. Um, I studied in NUI Galway with you. I did, well, I did a separate thing to you, but I did environmental science. Um, I absolutely loved it. Obviously went on to change my career, but we'll get into that later. Um, so my interests are, um, I'm hugely interested in fashion, sustainable fashion, the environment, um, how our actions impact the environment and Outside of that, I love music. I play the piano, so I have a few little things going on. I have a keyboard that I bring with me everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Everywhere. And I do play from time to time, but I really do need to make it more of a, a priority because it, it's good for me. It relaxes me. I have to say, though, as well, you did mention lovely Leitrim. I love where you're from. I go to I go to Sharon's house and I'm like, oh, I just feel like I'm, I don't know, I kind of feel like I go to almost like a retreat or something because I just find it so lovely and just so relaxing. It's very beautiful. And, it's, you know, it's easy for you to get forget when, you, when you're from there, but when you get home, you're just like, oh, this is gorgeous. Oh, I absolutely love it. And what keeps you in Dublin? Oh, well, my labels. So, yes, <laughs> I have a slow fashion label. So, basically... Um, the majority of what I make is made to order so it's very important to me that whatever I make fits my customer perfectly and they're so happy with what they purchase from me you know that's the name of the game for me really so I'm very conscious of what my materials I use and that they have the lowest possible environmental impact and obviously everything is made here in Ireland by myself and my seamstress so that's also something that's very important to me um, and I can see more of as well within the fashion community so it's it's brilliant and I'm, I'm really excited for what's to come oh so am I and I'm sure I love your stuff anyways and I think uh, it's going to be so beneficial to this podcast because everything I guess you've learned and are learning along the way well oh my god every day <laughs> every day is a learning day like the amount of stuff that you know and a lot of it can be contradictory too you know when you go researching these facts like you're always getting different numbers and figures but yeah, it's important that we yeah try to be as as conscious as we can and how we approach what we wear and how we wear it. Well, as we, I suppose, delve into things, we're going to learn more about you. But I suppose to continue with who we are, I'm Megan. I am a TV and radio presenter and an author. Um, I work across RTE, TG Cahir, Virgin Media. Um, I kind of pop up anywhere, <laughs> here, there and everywhere. Every week is different. Um, I've been on uh, radio. I've been on Spins at West. I've been on Class Kits. I've been on kind of news talk. I've kind of been on pretty much all the radio stations at some stage. I another. think so. Yeah, whether it's for my work or whether it's for, I don't know, some kind of, they kind of call on me for various things. So that's all really good and really exciting. Um, I am originally from... Well, I call myself a Galway girl, a Limerick lady. Um, Galway's home and uh, Limerick is, I guess, where I live now. Um, but actually I was born in Dublin, so I don't wear, I can't get the Dublin thing in there. Um, but I was in Dublin for the first five years of my life. I uh, lived in Dundrum and then moved to Spiddle in Connemara when I was five and stayed there for five years. Um, Shots add, I'm a Gaelgor um, because of those five years and then moved to Ardrahan in South Galway, which is home now. And that's where mam and all my family are. Um, so like, absolutely love it and then 
I have a degree in Unreligogs and Manor, Irish and New Media from the University of Limerick and a Master's in Journalism from NUI Galway and that's where we met. And then I went on to London and I worked um, in MTV. I did an internship there for a year, came back to Ireland and then found myself in Limerick six years ago working in radio and just been working in loads of different uh, media since. Mentioned I'm an author. I have written two books. My first book is Broken Love. It's about grief and loss. Um, probably that might pop up as, as the podcast goes on. And uh, my second book then is kind of like a self-help book that I, it's kind of all quotes and stuff. Um, so yeah, it's been a really interesting journey. And um, as for fashion, I'm definitely not half as stylish as you, but <laughs> I have, feel like I've been raised in charity shops and my mother actually has a charity shop in Gort and that's pretty much... Where may I add, I actually get loads of my fabric for my collections. So I absolutely adore your mother's shop. Like literally, it's, it's like a little hidden treasure. I think if other people knew it was there I would be really sad because I wouldn't have any of these pieces I have to say it's my favorite charity shop because I know charity shops now are all, all really get, obviously they have to kind of certain tidiness and stuff but my man's one is just like you go in there and it's chaos and you have to go rooting and that's the best crack and that's what I think charity shopping should be all about it's getting down you know <laughs> taking off your jacket like getting comfortable and going through bags going through shelves and that's the only way you find stuff and it's more fun then yeah no like we have so much crack going by there we really do Oh, it's so, so good. Now, we have to actually tell the story very quickly of how we met, because we both mentioned how NUI Galway, you were studying environmental science, I was doing journalism, but that's not you how we met. You were doing your master's, right? Yeah. yeah. Do you want to tell the story? <laughs> yeah, well, I think you remember things better than I do. I'm terrible. Like, it was 2011, and it was the annual fashion show, Socks in the City, mm-hmm. and you had to do this like audition process to get through and I actually had no intention of doing it at all but I was living with the two girls you know the two girls at the time and one was going in and she was like oh come in for the crack you know do the audition but it was like a proper audition proper catwalk really intimidating so I got in had no idea they put on what was that song moves like jagger was that the song oh my god what's Eve's song? I, now you've a better memory than me I just know that I was the I, first person to audition because I was there yeah. before the doors opened as typical I'm I am the uh the punctual one Sharon's always fashionably late, I'm always fashionably early. Yeah, but I actually sent you a link this week with a TikTok video <laughs> about how people who take their time and leisurely show up at their at their own pace actually live longer. They tend to have less heart disease. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm justified in my lateness. But um yeah, but back to what we were saying. Anyway, yeah, it was this whole rigmarole of auditioning. I didn't really know what we got ourselves into, but anyway, it turns out that we both ended up getting to be on the cover they had this like photo mm. shoot for the tickets and that's how we met that was actually so cool because they decided that year to use the actual models in the show to be the face of the posters and the tickets which I thought was actually kind of a fun idea and then I remember arriving up to that house that morning and I was like looking going is this the right house is it not and again being early but then you were the first one to arrive so then I saw you walk in and I was like the that's... first and only time I was yeah. ever early <laughs> so I walked in after you I was like are you here for the shoot and you were like yeah and then that was it we just kind of got chatting and we spent the whole day together taking photos and I think then like was it that day or a few days later you just said to me do you want to go out some night and that was it (laughs) (laughs) the rest is history what is that 10 years that's over it's 11 years now yeah it is wow we haven't killed each other yet no, there was just that one t- time in San Francisco, but yeah. we'll leave that for another we time. We won't talk about that now. <laughs> now, something that we want to do every week on the show, um, Sharon and I want to, we're just going to chat about what we got up to because 
I'm living in Limerick, you're living in Dublin and we are always doing something and there's always a lot going on. But I feel like this weekend in particular, we have a lot coming up and we're actually spending the whole weekend together. Um, this evening, we're off to the big grill in Ballsbridge, thanks to goodness. And um, I'm looking forward to that because I went to that a couple of years ago, but because we're in a heat wave now, we're going to an actual barbecue in a heat wave. So I think it's going to be class. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. We can't say that happens often in Ireland, can we? No. And then this weekend, where are we going, Sharon? We're going to Kerry. So yeah, my sister and um, her partner live in Trilly and they've had a gorgeous, oh my God, gorgeous little baby Freddy. He's just, just adorable. I think I'd say people think he's my child. I like, I, I shove the phone in people's face. I'm like, look at him. Look how cute he is. Look at him. <laughs> but, um, I can't wait to yeah. meet him actually. He's so adorable. Yeah. So I think we have a fun weekend planned. I'm sure there'll be lots of sea swimming. Well, you probably drag me out to sea swim. Oh, I have. I have the bikinis back. Like I'm getting into that water. I don't even know in Trilly where you can swim, but I'm sure they'll bring us somewhere. Oh my God. It's amazing. I... I'm so ashamed to say that I had never been to Kerry until recent times, like a few weeks ago. I can't believe that. And I got down there and I was like, how the hell have I not decided to come here sooner? Like, you're there, you could drive, I don't know, however many number of ways and you're at a gorgeous beach. Like, it's stunning. It it's is stunning. absolutely stunning. It, uh, oh, do you know what? It's the most amazing place. And uh, I guess next week we'll be telling you how we got on because now, sneaky enough of your sister, I'm just going to put this out there. She has dinner booked. <laughs> she has a babysitter got. She has dinner booked. And it just so happens that there's going to be six of us at dinner three guys and three girls. How convenient. Yeah, for the two single girls that come down <laughs> to visit her. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely played, Fiona. Nicely so played, yeah. I, uh, yeah, looking forward to this. I need to figure out what to wear, actually. That'll be the next thing. So we'll let you know next week how we got on <laughs> on our triple date. And apologies to the lads listening to this. I'm like, sorry, date? What? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to tell you guys why we're doing this podcast um we are both really passionate about this and we just thought that you know overall it would be fun to make a podcast about fashion why learn about where all our clothes come from where and how they're made and why we should all care about that and as well like clothes are the skin that we choose to wear which i love and they have the power to instantly evoke nostalgia and memories and heaven knows i have a wardrobe <laughs> full of memories oh my god anything that i have left in my wardrobe is because there's a memory attached yeah. to it but anyways we want you the listener to get involved and tell us about a piece of clothing that holds a strong memory for you it can be funny romantic and even disgusting i have, I have, some, I have some of them as well i'm sure there'll be lots anything at all um yeah, we're just excited to hear from you. And we're going to tell you in a little while how you can get involved. But for now, it's time to get into the meat, the juicy, the nitty gritty, and uh, just kind of get right down into the fast fashion and the, and the slow fashion movement and sustainability. So I guess first things first is how did the fast fashion movement start and how did it become so popular? So I'm going to hand this over to Sharon um, because she's done the research and I haven't. Oh gosh. <laughs> well, there's actually, do you know what? When you're researching these things, like there's so many contradictory kind of facts and figures, but there is a rough outline of how it all started. So basically, we're going to go way back to the Industrial Revolution when sewing machines were invented. And before that, everybody obviously had to hand make their clothes. Clothing was made out of necessity. So you can imagine back then, everything was made to fit you perfectly. And clothes were actually made to last a lifetime. And, you know, that's essentially what I'm trying to do now. Or, you know, I know other designers, amazing designers in Ireland that are trying to do the same thing. Making stuff to fit their clients and for them to have it for a lifetime. Um, 
But it's kind so, of like there, sorry, just kind of to say there, I suppose like, remember like granny and stuff and my family would tell me like back in the day, you had your good Sunday kind of outfit for either mass yeah. or for like your, your Sunday outfit. And then you had your kind of one or two outfits that you wore during the week. And that was it. You just had the, the bare minimum. And then you'd kind of, I know like my family, they tell you stories about how the cousins in America might send home a few hand-me-downs. And that was it. Like that's all that there was. It was bare minimum and like small wardrobes because you didn't need the big wardrobe. But I bet they lasted. Yeah. Like, this is the thing. I have stuff. We have stuff in our house at home in Leitrim from my grandmother. And I mean, their cardigans, their dresses. They're actually dresses I think she sewed herself because, like, there was no... Where the lining kind of ripped, you can yeah. see it. But they're all in perfect condition. Can you imagine someone, like, in this day and age having boohoo bits and then hand them down to their grandchildren. No. Like they've it's not going to happen. Not going to happen. Like, what are you going to be handing down? Tre- like, tatters or, you know... Like, it's just, it's just baffling to think that we place so much value on what we owned, not even, like, a century ago. And now the whole mentality behind what we own has completely changed. Um, it's quite sad. It is. Like, I was just thinking there, and you were saying that, like, I wore my granny's uh, lovely blue dress I actually I have it and I'll be holding on oh, to it I love that the one, yeah. yeah the outfit she wore to my parents wedding and it's the most beautiful shade of blue and it fits me perfectly and when she wore it that day at my parents wedding she'd had 11 children and I am um, <laughs> this, this is Granny Zadie oh Zadie. my god she's amazing I have no children and the dress fits me perfectly and I've worn it on TV now a few times and I just adore it and every time I look at it I'm like oh my god And but it's perfect condition it's you wouldn't know it's because it was old. made it was made well it yeah. was probably made in Ireland you know good this material is, yeah this is you know what what it's all about but um, basically back to this just in the late 1800s it's seen the, the development of manufacturing for ready to wear clothing and then this accelerated over time really accelerated in the 1960s um, there was a huge growth of cheap mass produced low quality clothing and then I suppose the term fast fashion was coined in the 1990s by the New York Times, which was based off Zara's new acceleration production model, um, where their clothes were inspired from the catwalk, and then the design stage was rapidly developed and for to come to stores quickly yeah. and for people to buy quicker. So that's basically what fast fashion is. They copy the trends from the catwalk as quickly as they can, regurgitate them for us, the consumer, and that's why the stuff is just literally pelted out every few weeks. Um, Oh, yeah, it's just that's just the way that we have that people consume fashion now, but it wasn't always like that. Yeah, because I always think now with you now, and I know you make stuff to order because it's time and effort that goes into it. Like, you know, you can't just you don't just churn out an outfit and sell it because you actually put time and effort in because it's every stitch, it's every detail, it's every I don't know the fashion words, but like it's every kind of collar and everything. So, like, I think that's what I've learned from you and watching you grow and your label is that. Like, good clothes take time. Like, you have no idea. Well, you do, because you see me, <laughs> but the amount of time. And it's not even... The fact that, like, it's made to order for me means that I actually talk to my customer a lot. So if they're like, Sharon, you know, I'm a little bit more petite. I have a bigger bust. I have a smaller waist. Mm. Like, I can I can make that to fit them perfectly. And for me, that gives me so much joy, knowing that whoever has bought a piece from me is walking around with it fitting them perfectly. Yeah, it's and I swear you you made me that green dress and like it's mad. It just fits me like a glove because you made it for my body. But when so something is made to fit you, it's 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 crazy the difference it makes. Like oh it's my insane. god, I remember that day going around the guy race. It's like I feel like I'm wearing like 
not saying that I felt like I was wearing a tracksuit, but it was so comfortable that it felt like I was wearing yeah. some, like it was just so comfortable. Nothing was annoying me or hitting in or too tight or too here or too this to that. Because it fit me perfectly, it was like, if I was so comfortable all day long. And that was this huge difference for me. I was like, I actually just feel so comfortable right now. And that's what it was lovely. And I was like, oh, it's lovely. Isn't it amazing? And like, it's just difficult because I suppose people don't, with the fast fashion model, obviously people see clothing as something that's not supposed to be mm-hmm. expensive. And then you know, they maybe don't understand why you're charging what you charge or why it costs that much, but really the amount of time that goes in, like, it's so hard to even, you know, like, generate much of a profit from it because you're putting all this work into it. But I think things are changing now. Like, we have a lot of slow fashion designers that are coming up and they're trying to change the way things are done. So, you know, it's less about the greed and it's more about doing something we love and trying to promote it and trying to get people on board with seeing their clothes in a different way and how how they dress themselves and how not to, you know, have more of a personal style, mm-hmm. I suppose, as opposed to following what trend is around at the time. Yeah, I think that's huge thing, I suppose, following the trend. But one thing that always, I guess, really alarms me, um, it's the fact that these garments are getting made so fast and in such vast quantities. Who is making them? That's what I'm wondering. Who are the people that are making all these clothes? So today, a whopping 100 billion items of clothing are produced annually. Um, So yeah, the focus of fast fashion really is for convenience, accessibility and affordability, which of course is important. You know, people have to be able to afford their clothing too. But it means that they're cutting costs wherever they possibly can, meaning that all the manufacturing is usually outsourced to countries such as Bangladesh, India, Vietnam and China. Um, Also, it means that these workers are expected to work in quite dangerous Mm -hmm. and sometimes like life-threatening conditions which is absolutely terrible they receive barely any wage and they're treated really really poorly and even in some cases they have child labor i just think it's horrendous if you can go onto website nowadays and buy like a bikini or a t-shirt or a top for a euro or they do these flash sales like 50p 50 cent sales and i'm like the exploitation of these workers and the conditions they're living in and working in is absolutely like out of this world think that this day and age that's still going on but I suppose because people are still willing to buy these clothes from these websites these factory workers are being made work more and more and more and especially then when I see something like next day delivery I'm like how can you order an, like an item of clothing especially we live in Ireland a lot of the websites they say they're UK based but I'm like how can it get there in the next day like what is going on and I just think we need to really highlight the working conditions of these people, the lack of wages, the lack of care, the lack of support. Um, I've come across some crazy statistics online um, and some really worrying stuff about when it comes to these garment workers, which I think we're probably going to touch on that again in another podcast in more in-depth. Like for now, we kind of just are yeah. touching on a lot of the, maybe the, the issues in a kind of shorter version. It's really version, a case of what's not seen doesn't affect you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like if you go in grand and you pick up the shirt for a euro and you don't think about it, but really if you've seen the person on the other side of the making of that shirt you'd be you wouldn't you wouldn't do it like you you actually wouldn't so it's that thing we just it's nearly like you're so conditioned you don't realize that there's someone else suffering at the other side of that i know and it's just that's the thing that's just so frightening it's just things you said like child labor as well and you know to think that there's young people out there having to put all these clothes together just because people want a new outfit every time they go on holidays every weekend they go out it's like can't you just like reuse what you have and rewear but i think maybe the social media age people think they can't do that Oh, absolutely. Uh, like, that's the thing. It's it's all about, like, turning out something new. You can't be seen, seen in the same thing twice, which I think is ridiculous. I wear the same thing all the time. 
Same, I'm like, like I go to the stage, time. I have a friend one time, she's like, you, you've worn that top so many times now. I was like, I don't care, I like yeah. this top. Yeah, it's you. <laughs> and, and really, in a way, it's kind of like your identity. Like, I have pieces of clothing, and I'm like, oh, Sharon, you, that was you coming down the street because you're wearing that jacket that you've worn a million times. Or, you know, like, it's nearly, <laughs> it becomes your thing as opposed to what, you know, is the newest thing out. But actually, there's actually a fact, this is just so crazy, um, and I was reading it earlier, and I don't know when this applies from or if it's still applicable now. But women would be forced by employers to take birth control and routine pregnancy tests to avoid supporting maternity leave or providing health benefits in some of these sweatshops that oh were... Oh my yeah. God, that it, is horrendous. Like, like mind-boggling. I was there reading this earlier and I was like, this is insane. Oh my God, that's actually just... Yeah. That's and you know this awful. is still happening, like you've seen the documentaries recently, so it's still happening in places such as Leicester in the UK, um, and they were exposed, but it's still happening, like they're still happening, they're just heightened security, so like they they have loads of migrant workers that are coming in and just paying them nothing because obviously they need to be able to like eat for the next day, oh, and Jesus. yeah, so this is still going on, like they're saying that they're tackling all these issues, but it, to me it seems like it's very much still happening a lot and I feel like we're only scratching the surface here so mm. I think there's going to be a lot of interesting stuff coming out over over all the podcasts and as we yeah. I guess learn more educate more and meet people along the way as well because I do see a lot of people leading the way now um with the fast fashion over in the UK um and we'll definitely hopefully hopefully at some stage get some of them on oh yeah that'd be amazing now one thing as well that I came across I did do a bit of research for this part I, I did do a little bit now I promise You're um, going to be doing some of the research I'm not going to be doing it all I was like what? No I'm just you know here to do the editing side of things um, According to Fashion Revolution a global non-profit fashion activism movement the fashion industry produces 150 billion garments a year the human population is only 7.9 billion so that's almost 14 times as many humans exist on our planet Globally, 92 million tons of textile waste is created each year and water waste from garment factories in China contribute to 70% of the country's water being polluted and that source is welcomecollection.org. I mean, there alone, the amount of waste. We've seen those photos from the desert. Um, oh, was it over in South America? Was it in yes. Chile or somewhere? What's it called? I begin to A. Oh, I like just clothes dumped everywhere and then also I know water waste is becoming a huge thing I mean there's probably so much we're going to have each week to talk about but it's absolutely crazy to think that we're just mass producing so much clothes and a lot of them actually have are just made from really dangerous like bad materials well yeah like the thing is with these pieces of clothing a lot of them are made from synthetic fibers which shed microplastics into the environment which obviously is massively detrimental effects in so many ways, and I'm not even going to begin to talk about this right now because it could literally be a whole other episode, but, you know, there's things like these that we're not thinking about, and plastics have only been introduced within the last century, mm-hmm. and they've already done so much damage, so, yeah, it's definitely another thing that needs to be tackled and, and talked about. So, like, why, why we might be good with our reusable coffee cups and our reusable water bottles and, you know, recycling all our plastic at home... We have to now think about our wardrobe as well and what materials we're putting in there because, you know, as you said, if there's that much plastics in them as well, it's just going to get so much worse. And I think, you know, there is statistics out there. We've, do, we've been doing our research and we'll have statistics each week. And, you know, it's not, unfortunately, it's not getting better yet. But hopefully we can even just educate a handful of people along the way and mm-hmm. just make people kind of almost fall in it's, love with their clothes. It's not even, edu- it's just starting the conversations. Yeah. That's it, you know, because I feel like people already have an idea and know it's just 
like I suppose like tying it back to what we said originally about the purpose of the podcast it's just making people fall in love with their clothes again because that is the main issue and if people seen their clothing in a different way that would have the most effect overall yeah absolutely it's funny just think about clothes there I don't know if you saw me just like messing with my underarm mm -hmm. but uh, I might need you to, to put a few stitches in <laughs> oh really it wouldn't be the first time <laughs> so I wear clothes I don't like I, I remember I had this pajamas for years and like they were there was holes all over them and my friend, one of my friends like seriously can you not just buy new pajamas and I was like to be honest no because I actually really liked them and I was like I'm wearing them in bed I was like who cares I was like if I'm wearing them around the house and you see a few holes it's not like I'm exposing anything and if I do sure like we'll figure that out <laughs> and then I was like you know what I like the idea of I don't mind my clothes having a few little tears here and there because it kind of shows that they've been worn and that they've yeah. been used so oh, yeah, I later love, on I might get yeah. just do a little stitch yeah. here no that's definitely the case with some of my clothes <laughs> and your outfit that you're wearing you're, you've got a bit creative here oh my god <laughs> Okay, so last night, okay, obviously we have a weekend ahead. I went and I got, I put on my tan last night. I'm not going to say what brand. <laughs> no. I might get in trouble. But um, put it on this morning. Directions in the bottle say not to wash off. So I was like, fine. I got on the bus today. I was on the way into the studio. Looked down. Wearing a cute little white dress. The tan has come through on the stomach part of the dress. It literally looks like... I spilled tea all over the tummy part of my dress, but really it's fake tan. It's disgusting around the armholes too. So I was like, how do I not look like such a mess? Everybody was staring at me. Went in and I literally, I have new curtains that are going to be part of my collection. I ripped off a strip and I just have put a little waistband around cool. it. cute. I like it. It's actually I like the look. Yeah, yeah, so I don't look like a... Sorry, I should I say just, not new curtains. Yeah, not, sorry, not <laughs> new curtains. For my new collection, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, you have to get creative, don't you? You absolutely do, and I just think it's. Yeah. I actually, I think it's a cool look. I think you could, you could be setting a trend here. People going in out to their houses, their grandmother's house, and what's the things that you put around curtains? The I should know this. Things, <laughs> the thing to hold them against the wall. That um. Oh my god, what's that called? The eyelets. No. Is that a thing that yeah you wrap to wrap up a thing? You thing. I'm making no sense. You mean here. when you put them on a bar? No, don't you open your curtains and then keep them back? You have the. Oh, What's kind of like a belt, I suppose, yeah, for curtains? Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, that's essentially what I wear with yeah. those belts that I've made myself. That could be a new trend. Now, that could be for SS. So, yeah, so I'm... So the fake tan fiasco <laughs> actually worked in my favour. Yeah, but so you stay in the dress for the day and sure... Sure, know. I don't have any other clothes to change into. Of course I have to stay in the dress for a day. So you're wearing a, a, basically a tan stand, stand, dirty dress. Tan stand. Tan stand. And I'm wearing a dress with holes in it. Yeah fashionable duo here but you know I always laugh because people are like oh my god you're a fashion designer so glamorous whatever you see me day to day honestly you don't have time I literally put on whatever I see first and you know obviously I dress myself okay but like you're more worried about what's going into your collection or how other people are going to look in your clothes I don't think about myself <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so now this is where we want you to get involved and we want to share your memories, be them cute, romantic, kind of, we're saying I, I have a disgusting story, which I will share at some stage. But we want Embarrassing. Like, embarrassing. Yeah. Oh my God, those outfits you wore, we thought you looked shit hot and then you look back and you're like, how did you let me out in that? Um, I definitely had so many fashion fails over the years. But I was thinking for episode one, we are going to talk about the breakup dress <laughs> because yes. I think it's safe to say we all have that outfit from the heartbreak from those sad moments and yeah just that dress that I think made you feel sexy and hot and like mm, I'm gonna show him what he's missing yes we definitely do have those so I'm gonna start with my one <laughs> um 
So let us go back a few years, actually quite a few years, before we even met. Oh my Over God. a decade ago. Over a decade ago, <laughs> oh Jesus. Um, so I, as I mentioned earlier, I studied Irish and New Media in the University of Limerick and I was down there for four years and I loved my four years in Limerick. Um, but while I was there, I had a boyfriend and um, I guess he was probably like, probably really was my first love and mad about each other. Um, well, I was mad about him and I'm, I'm, I can't ask, speak for him right now. Um, Do you know what you want to give him a call? No. <laughs> <laughs> you like podcasting, bro? Do you want to come on the show? Oh my God. <laughs> you have been blocked. Um, no, I'm joking. Um, but anyways, we were like, I don't know, I can't even remember what year we were in and we had, um, uh, we went through a breakup and it, I'm, I think it like, like this, you know me, my memories. Based on the Monday, the girls and I went to TK Maxx because it's near UL and it was only TK Maxx, I think, around outside of Dublin at the time. And we all went in, my housemates and I, and I remember seeing this like animal print gold, kind of shiny dress. Um, it had these like cool big sleeves and was kind of fitted and then went really tight around the bum. And I remember I saw it and I thought, oh, I really like that, but is it a bit much for me? I don't know if it is a bit like loud, a bit too loud. Mm-hmm. So I suppose the time I was, I remember the fashion at the time was um, tailored shorts and a string top. I remember that look, that, that was kind of a look when I was in college and like we all wore shorts and a top and that was kind of, this, we just wore the same thing pretty much every night and rotated. <laughs> Slutier version of jeans and a nice top. <laughs> and we'd share clothes and everything. So actually we were quite sustainable back then. But anyways, I think that night or the next day, the boyfriend and I broke up and I came back to the house and I literally looked at the girls and I was like, we broke up. And I was like, oh my God. So girls then were like right straight into friend mode um we're going out tonight and I was like okay because you know what's the best thing to do to go through a breakup bring a girl out yeah. <laughs> and I was like okay okay then I was going well I wear and then one of the girls was like let's go back and get that dress like if it's still there and I went oh my god that's the dress so we drove back in and ran in and there it was and I'll never forget um picking it up and I walked out of that shop so so happy and I was like oh my god I'm gonna look shit hot and I did my tan now bear in mind he wasn't even going out hope your tan was better than mine <laughs> I think I used to use remember the, the Rimmel Sun Shimmer and if he spilled a drink on it it would just like oh my god glistening I love that tan that was like the best um, but um, yeah so we I remember then that got out that getting ready that night and the two girls like right we're gonna kind of mind you tonight so you can you know Get us drunk in your sadness you want. And we went to the Icon, which is um, in Limerick, a famous nightclub, Icon. They play like the six mix and they play like Boys on Westlife. They play Westlife on repeat. It's terrible. <laughs> You're <West Lifer. laughs> We loved it. It's actually opening up again. Shout out Icon. Cannot wait for it. Um, yeah, I went out that night and partied away. And I remember like, guys actually come up chatting, chatting me up. And I genuinely was like, it's the dress. It's the dress. Oh my God, it's the dress. I remember then having like a pretty great night out and then probably got home that night and cried myself sleep grand. And I think the girls like took my phone off me to stop me from like drunk texting oh him. Gosh, which yeah. you know that We've is... We've all been there. Yeah, and you know how bad I am for my phone. Yeah, you're definitely a lot worse. I'm the worst. <laughs> so uh, the girls used to t- like take my phone off me. And anyways, a few days later, we got back together. <laughs> um, now I don't know if you ever... But you actually... kept the dress in case it was on the break Kept the dress. Okay. So then we'd be coming to... woman. A... Yeah, and then we'd be coming to a night out and it would be like, um, what are you wearing tonight? And I'm like, I'm going to wear the breakup dress. And that's how... I just, I still have the dress in my wardrobe and I think I'm going to have to whip it out someday because it just was, you know, every time I see it, now I'm kind of smiling thinking about it because it just made me feel so happy and it was like, I thought I was like the hottest looking thing. Do you still have it? Yeah, it's at home somewhere. It's definitely up in the attic so I must do um, a dive for it because I, I, you know, genuinely it's one of those dresses I think I'll probably always hold on to for nostalgia. Yeah. Oh my God, you need to find that. You need to find that. Do you know what we'll do? We'll go out some night and we'll both wear our breakup dresses. Oh my God. Well, so I'll start talking about my one then. You'll never guess who got me my breakup dress. Who? Mom. No way. At Christmas time. And you know what's so funny? Because your mom usually buys you something. I don't know. Mine, heart of gold, absolutely amazing. But doesn't usually buy you what you want. So anyway, (laughs) got up on Christmas morning and I opened this sexy, like, forest green bandage dress. And I was like, 
where are you going with this? <laughs> I was so shocked. I was like, this is gorgeous. Like, I would wear this, whatever. I think it was from somewhere like Bershka. This was before, obviously, you know, we knew yeah. how bad fast fashion was and everything else. But anyway, I got this dress. And I mean to tell you, this dress just cinched you in in all the right places. It gave you the boobs. It gave you a lovely, tiny little waist. Made your bum look lovely. Amazing. Amazing. And same situation as myself well as you I guess I was with some at the time but we were on again off again the keyboard just moved around <laughs> <laughs> my piano I, I was actually great I used to bring it from place to place because I size the thing I know I know honestly but anyway when we would break up this is the dress I wore and we all actually lived together in Galway mm-hmm. at the same time that I had this dress and it was recycled by a few of us whenever we wanted to look shit hot whenever we had a breakup so actually we have so many good memories associated with that dress and actually I've kept that dress I do have it I dread to think what I'd look like in it now but if if you're daring me like we could go on a night out in in the dresses it would be oh, pretty funny I want to put that green dress back on because I wore it going out one night and I have quite a small chest and this dress I was like it gave me cleavage and I never have cleavage and I remember going out that night and again getting loads of attention and I was like this dress yeah. is magic and yeah. it was so class and do you know what it was just you're right it just it, but it fit all the shout, time. shout out to Alice Sweeney yeah <laughs> thanks Alice <laughs> if you want a Christmas time Alice I'll take a sexy dress <laughs> um, no but yeah it was just it was, it was just one of those magical dresses we all, yeah I think we all wore it we did it fit yeah. us all as well yeah, but I, I think it had that give as well. It kind of, those dresses, you know, you, you didn't have to be a specific size. Like, it kind of was, yeah. it would mould to your body. So it was amazing. Like. And had that thick, those bandage dresses had that thick material that yeah. kind of were really supportive. What was the name of that designer again that originally designed those bandage dresses? Really famous one. I think Cheryl Cole and all of them used to wear them. Oh, the Herb Ledger? Was yeah. that it? Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. think it was Ave Ledger. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I don't even know if I'm saying it right. But, um, yeah. That's yeah. That's exactly what they looked like, and I I don't know. Apparently, they were making a comeback. Oh, yeah. do you know it's such a pity we don't have those dresses for our big night out tree. Oh my god! Could you imagine like <laughs> who the set of these ones walking into the restaurant? Who are they? Oh my my animal print. I think we're, I wouldn't mind. I think we're going to like a pub like uh, that does seafood. Imagine walking in our two <laughs> bandage dresses to be like these. <laughs> what were those? Those heels? Are, those heels that were like platform at the front and the, they've kind of come back to them they? the platform heel which is like the Lady Gaga style he, yeah like the huge ones like I'm yeah. five foot eight no, I they are the need... platform ones are yeah. back yeah yeah but I'm, I don't need platform heels but um... yeah, but I do I'm sure they are <laughs> yeah sorry so this is the thing we actually like can't share some things because we are completely like different in height and body shape and stuff but yeah that green dress though yeah that works that worked yeah Alice, we just have that in a few more colours, please. That'd be great. Yeah, come on, Mum. <laughs> Wait for this Christmas. Oh, I love the breakup dress um, and the breakup dresses. We do, of course, want you to get involved, share your memories, whether it's your breakup dress, maybe it's, I don't know, a first date dress, maybe it is that outfit that you look back on and absolutely cringe. Um, we do want to hear from you and you can get involved with us on our Instagram page, which we now have our own Instagram page. Yes, so the breakup dress, just DM us your stories. Obviously everything is confidential. Yep. Um, but yeah, the more crazier, the better. We can't wait to hear from you. I know, we're going to share more stories each week because I'm telling you, we have quite a vault of... Yes, and even our own <laughs> very embarrassing stories too, so... Oh, stop. It's going to be it's going to be a fun wild ride. But I guess that's it from me, Megan Scully. 
and me, Sharon Sweeney. And this has been the Break Up Dress podcast and we shall chat to you next week. Yay, bye.